Hello, everyone. This is Raise Your Voice as part of the D-Raise Bay Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brett Rutherford. And joining me today on this very special, very exciting episode of Raise Your Voice is Alex Murphy from Raise the Roof. Alex, Wander Franco, called up. Instant re- we're yeah. recording like, like about an hour after the news broke. Instant reaction. Um, well, when it happened... And uh, so we have like a group chat of the people that are on the on the Razor Roof podcast. Which if you guys haven't checked it out, make sure to do that. Um, and I'll probably, throw, I'll probably throw my links in that later. But so one of us to our uh, Evan put it in the group chat, and I was like, "There's no way this is real because it's from it's probably from some like fake Mark Topkin account because there's like a million of those, and I'm probably sure like people can do that all the time." And then as soon as I saw it, I was like, "No, this no, there's no way this like." it's 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 june i was about to say it's may but it's it's june like how how is he up i i'm so confused and then it was just like one of those things where i mean i'm sure you probably felt the same way where i like i just looked at my screen for probably like 10 minutes and was just like there's no possible way that he just got called up this isn't real i don't know how to feel right now and that's kind of been how i've been you know how i felt like for the last uh, hour or so along with the Sixers game going on, uh, which is in- interesting. Let's say that. <laughs> it, it's, it's been a roller coaster of emotions. Like obviously Razor on a, you know, a six game losing streak. Four of those were walk-offs. Uh, like it's weird. We had the Tyler glass now injury like earlier this week. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of like emotions, but in terms of like the wander call up and we'll start, like, obviously we'll start there. That's the biggest story. Mm-hmm. We'll talk yeah. about glass now and everything else, but with wander, it's, I, I kind of felt like we were getting close to that time. Um, we're past the, the you know, seemingly past the Super 2 deadline. Um, he's killing it in AAA. He's hit the whole season. He's had zero issues. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with the, the losing streak. Like, this wasn't a move of, like, oh, we need to get someone up here to, like, you know, rally the troops. Like, I don't think that's what this was. It's kind of more coincidental. And I think it's funny right. that it's more coincidental that it happened because it's like, oh, crap walk off grand slam you know they're they're, they've now lost six games in a row oh wait wander just got called up wow that's kind of weird isn't it well and and you look at some of the um this is the times when other race prospects have called up it was like this middle late july we saw the same thing with with william damas um william damas also made his debut against the red sox but you've got the off day going into this homestand where it's like okay if it's going to happen soon this will be the day to have it, or this will be the start of the series where mm, yeah. you could expect him getting called up. And I think kind of like the, not the discussion that needs to be had, like he's going to come up, he's he's going to be up for good, uh, you know, seemingly, and he's going to start. Like he's not here to just like, obviously just contribute. He's going yep. to be a starter in a very similar way that Taylor Wallace came in and became the, the starting shortstop. Mm-hmm. But the question is, where do you play Wander? And there's still roster moves that are yet to be made. Someone's got to yeah. come off the 40 man. Um, Drew Rasmussen was was sent down. We could talk about that in just a second. But yep. Alex, like, where do you think Wander immediately? Or let's just say Tuesday night. What position do you think he starts in? Well, I think that the most logical position, considering the fact that Walls is going to be the shortstop of the future for the time being. Um, you know, however long. Wait, he real stays quick, here. I, that was a very raised way to put that. Walls yeah. will be the shortstop of the future for the time being. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be for a long period of time in Ray's time, but who knows? Um, he's going to be the shortstop of the future for hopefully a while. Um, and considering the other places where guys are playing, obviously Lau's holding down the fort at, at second base for the time being, 
Wander doesn't play first, and first is kind of like a rotating wheel of guys. It, third base seems like the most logical place that he, he would play. Um, I really don't want them to, to like, I, I think a lot of people have wanted him to play third base and have thought of him as slotting into that third base role. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, you're going to be, if he's going to be the starter, if Wander's going to be the starter at third, that means um, you're going you're, you're going to need to find a place for Joey Wendell. You're going to need to find a place for Yandy Diaz and anyone else who plays third. So that I think is another question that we can talk about. And another thing we can talk about in just a second, but at least in my mind, it makes the most sense for him to start at third um, whenever he, now I, I don't know if it's going to be on Tuesday, but whenever he makes his debut, he's probably going to start at third or DH one of the two. Yeah, I think you you got to get him on the field right away. I think third base for Tuesday is is, is probably most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Lau could move to the outfield. He can spend some time out there. I've been kind of banging the drum of Brandon Lau trying out first base at some point. I don't know if that's going to be a midseason switch. Maybe that's something looking into next year, assuming Brandon Lau is still with the team. But mm-hmm. that's the that's the other thing. Like there, I think eventually, and there was probably going to have to be one anyways. Uh, a trade from the big league roster, whether that be Brandon Lau, Joey Wendell, Yandy Diaz, although I think that one's a little less likely. Brasso, who's with AAA, but he might be dealt. Um, and it's a good problem like the Rays have. Like Joey Wendell has been, I think, still their highest contributing player or at least position player in terms of fan graphs, wins above replacement. Mm-hmm. So to just be like, oh, Wander Franco is going to come up and you know take his job. Yeah. takes a, a generational talent like we think Wander could be. Uh, yeah. So I think third base and, and Wendell you'll find playing time for at second base. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Wander yeah, comes around. Like, there, there's going to be playing time for those guys. Mm-hmm. But Wander is up to play and he's up to stay, uh, which oh, is boy. just, like, it's it's really exciting. And I can't think of the only, like, the last, uh, Willie Adamas coming up was, was huge. And that was, like, that was a big moment. Um, this is going to be just a completely different level this is going to be bigger than Longo, to be honest. And like Longo was a big thing when he came I up. I think you're right. But considering the fact that, and um, one of the craziest things that I saw with with Franco is that I think it was Baseball America. He's been the top prospect two years running in Baseball America. And he's one of four guys to do it. And the other three guys were Andrew Jones um, or Andrew Jones, Joe Maurer and Bryce Harper. So if you're in company with those three guys, two of whom um, borderline to possible hall of famers and the other one being a guy who's won an MVP and is probably a top 25 to 30 player in baseball. That's a really, really, really good cast of people to be surrounded with in terms of accolades. So that's extremely big. And that's just, it's, it's still crazy to think about that. He's that good. And obviously, I mean, we saw in spring training, he hit that home run, which I still don't know if it landed. (laughs) I know that like one of our, one of our people said that they, um, they heard from someone down in Port Charlotte that it was like 500 plus feet. And I just don't, I don't know. I feel like, um, especially because of the fact that he's been in the minors so long and obviously we we've only seen him in bits and pieces um, uh, video in the minors, unless like you've actually been going to games in Durham or you've been going to games in Bowling Green um, or, or Port Charlotte before Port Charlotte became, um, you know, uh, went by the wayside with major league baseball and, and obviously my, uh, spring training, like there's, there's just a lot of mystique around him about like, like how good he is. And it seems like in terms of statistics wise, and from what I've seen, he's lived up to the hype and then some, and the craziest thing is that his statistics this year, I think his, his average and on base percentage have been the lowest 
in his minor league career so far. And he's batting like 315. He's got like a 370 on base. And that's insane for a guy to have. That's his worst statistics, which is just how is that physically possible? I have no clue. It's exciting. You mentioned Longo. I think the other one, like David Price, his call up was was different. That was a big one. It was in the the postseason. Um, the, the other one I can think of is Matt Moore back in 2010 or 11. Um, I can see he was, that. You know, he was the number one prospect in baseball, um, had some really great moments with the Rays. Uh, but yeah, I think in terms of talent, Wander Franco is the most talented prospect the Rays have ever had. Uh, and it, it, it's exciting. Like there's like to have a team like this, that is still one of the best teams in the American league, mm-hmm. half game out of first place in the American league East. Uh, that's after, that took a six-game losing streak for them to get there. Yeah. Uh, to to be able to add a player like this, and again, he's still a rookie. We, we I don't want to I don't want to drive up the expectations because they're already sky high, and I think the Rays know that. I think Wander probably understands that too. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just exciting um, to see a player's career start like this, and it does add another wrinkle to this season. Like we knew it was coming, but like you said, it's just still like it hasn't set in. It probably won't set yeah. in until we see him take the field on Tuesday. I am currently. That's true. In the Tampa Bay area, I was supposed to be leaving Tuesday morning or maybe even Monday morning. I might try to stay one more day. I might try to get over to the drop. Honestly, you should try to do that. Now, what I want to ask you is, um, so between and I think when I when I think of the race farm system, Bruhan and Franco are the two big guys that come to my mind. I honestly coming into the season was way more excited to see Bruhan because I felt like he was more major league ready. I don't know what your opinion is about that, but is it is it interesting to see? Bruhan coming not coming up before Franco. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely think that's interesting. I thought Bruhan would be the first one up. I, mm-hmm. I think they're both equally major league ready. I think either uh, either of them could pl- contribute right right away right now, and maybe it, there's there's an issue that that they both haven't already been called up that we were yeah. kind of waiting for this Super Two deadline. That's a whole other podcast that we could do another day. Um, but I, I think Vidal Bruhan is not far behind. Like maybe this week. Who knows? I'm. No inside knowledge there. I just think it's a guess. Like they, the, the, could it, would happen, another, it would take a move. I think that would take a trade. And as we get closer to July thirty first, I think there's a move coming to make yep. room there. Like whether it's it makes Brandon Lau or, or Joey Wendell, um, it just feels like that's 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 kind of the way we're headed. Because like Bruhan's performed maybe the best out of anyone in AAA. Like even over mm-hmm. Wander, um, and and he deserves a spot as well. And I think that there's room for him. Uh, maybe an outfielder needs to be traded because I think they the race see him as a center fielder in the future. But yeah, with that being sure. said, like it's 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 just exciting, and I think um, I don't I don't think, and I, we got to be clear about this. Like this was not a move made to uh, counter, like to after the the losing streak to just be like, oh, oh, look, now Wander's coming up. Be excited <laughs> about that. Like I think they. It's probably, very coincidental. Put it that way. Yeah, I, I think they probably had this date penciled in for quite a while, like I said, with the homestand, with the off day, with the, the time and the calendar that it is. Um, but that doesn't make it any less exciting. So we'll see. He'll he'll start Tuesday night, and by the time I'll uh, have recorded the next episode of Raise Your Voice, he'll have you know, had a handful of major league games in his bag. So we're going to take a be real quick exciting. It will be. We're going to take a real quick break, and then, uh, I don't know, maybe this this show is going to take a more of, of a somber tone as we've got to talk about Tyler Glasnow's injury and the recent losing streak. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so Alex, we've got to talk about the Tyler Glass now news. Um, we're coming off of this this wander high um, that we'll be riding well through the week, but Tyler Glass now diagnosed with a partially torn UCL and a flexor strain. Yep. Um, which has him out for the time being. I think the best case scenario is back pitching in September, and then he'll be ready to go, like fully stretched by the postseason. But we really don't know. Maybe it could be co- sooner than that. It, he might be out for the year. Really don't know. Yep. Uh, it's obviously devastating uh, to lose a, a pitcher of that caliber, your best pitcher, a guy that was going to be in the Cy Young race. Whether or not he was going to win it is another question. But how much do you think this hurts the Rays' chances not to get to the postseason, but to have success in the postseason. It right now. Now I know that what I saw the last time because he went to a um, he went to some specialist in Arlington to check it out and kind of see you know get an extra diagnosis from the um, from whoever that person was, and he uh, I think I heard that it was going to be like four weeks or something like that was he was going to be shut down and then after that he was actually going to start um, uh, ramping up whatever that is. So maybe it'll be sooner than September, but regardless having him out, it'll be the same thing as kind of what happened in 2019 where, I mean, obviously Glassnell got hurt in May was out until August, September and in the postseason, really wasn't crazy healthy. And obviously the Rays playing the Astros that hurt big time because they needed, they needed an ace and they did have Snell and Morton at the time, but regardless Having glass now would have helped in a big way, and obviously, game five tipping pitches um, un- unintentionally that really hurt his um, uh, really hurt his outing. Then, but with this season, he's the main guy, and the Rays have pieced together a an entire rotation of guys behind him. Whether whether that be adding in new signings or bringing up guys like like Shane McClanahan and Josh Fleming. And Glassnell has been that guy at the top and he's been very consistent and very good so far this season. And it's going to hurt in a big way, unless they can get someone at the deadline or they can trade for some pitcher. And who knows, maybe that happens with trading someone like someone like a, a Joy Wendell or someone like a Yanni Diaz or a Brandon Lau, um, if they somehow can get some sort of starting pitcher, um, if they're even going to go that route. But it's going to be tough for them to try to piece things together. Obviously they've gotten production out of guys. I know Rich Hill has struggled in his last few starts, but in May he was the pitcher of the month for a reason. Cause he had a, a spectacular month. Uh, Yarbrough has seemed to figure things out as a starter because obviously he was brought up as an opener. So he got really used to that role. And as a starter, he just kind of struggled. And it seems like now he's getting back into that form where he's actually, you know, able to pitch as a starter, but it's just, it's going to be tough for them to kind of piece things together. And, Hopefully Glassnell will be back sooner rather than later and everything will be good with his with his elbow so that he doesn't, you know, like something bad doesn't happen in the future. Everything's all healed, but who knows? And honestly, I, I, I do think that it's going to have some sort of ram, ramifications in terms of the success that this team can have uh, going into the postseason and the postseason itself. Yeah, like if he misses the postseason, if he's out for the rest of the regular season, like I don't think it significantly hurts the Rays' chances of making the, the playoffs. Like, they, mm-hmm. they've already got a first-place caliber team. I know they're you know now in second, um, but we're just, like, a week removed from them having the best record in the big leagues. So I don't, like, again, a pitcher, they only pitch every fifth day. They, they pitch every fifth, five games. So in terms of making the postseason, in terms of repeating as AL East champs, there really is no real significant difference, especially with the, the 
pitching that the Rays have. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want more performance out of guys like Waka. But I've been saying my biggest worry, and I don't know how it's going to play out because I do, I do think the Rays have the pitching to succeed in October. Yeah. But you go into this postseason, assuming they make it, without Charlie Morton and Blake Snell, like that was already a big enough hit. Now, again, still assuming Glasnow is going to be ready by October. In, to some, in some capacity. Maybe he can't go seven or eight, but maybe he can give you four or five really solid innings mm-hmm. in October. But if he's not there, if, say, if like, this is not going well or, you know, knock on wood, God forbid, worst comes to worst, he has to go under the knife, uh, I I do really worry about, like, the Rays pitching staff in October. And maybe this is still, like, the traditionalist, like, baseball fan in me, but to have a horse there that can give you 12 to 15 innings in the same series uh, is really huge, just like in my head. I could be completely wrong. Maybe it won't mean a thing. Maybe you can piece together Fleming and Patino yep. and Yarbrough and Rich Hill and maybe even Michael Walker in the biggest games of your season. Uh, but it does like make me a lot more worried. Now, yeah, like you said, maybe they go out and look at a starting pitcher. But how many are out there that are going to make this team, again, significantly better? That's a good point. The Rays aren't going to go all in. Like, yeah, Max Scherzer's out there. And if the Nationals are willing to do business – the Rays should definitely be, you know, in, involved in those talks, but someone's going to outbid the Rays. Like, the, there's there's going to be a team that's going to be willing to bid more in terms of their farm system uh, than the Rays are for a rental pitcher. There are some other names, and we we talked about it when we had R.J. Anderson on the podcast, uh, Herman Marquez. We've talked about guys on the Cincinnati rotation. Uh, I think we looked at Kansas City's and Texas's rotation as well. Like, there are other starters to be had, but the question really is, like, do any of them make the team better? Um, and it, 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 but the Rays will, will still look at those guys if they think they can add to the team next season. So yeah. I, I kind of, you know, stand, stand put with like, okay, getting to postseason, they're fine. They can do it without glass. Now, once you get there, I really hope he's healthy. I, I do think there is that he's a bigger difference maker in a playoff series. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's talk about the losing streak. Um, six straight games, a four game sweep. In Seattle. Now, listen, losing two out of three on the road against the White Sox and one of them being a walk-off, like a, cl- a one-run game. Yep. Literally no shame in that. Like, the White Sox are going to come back to the drop. The Rays will have their chance against the White Sox. I think that's a potential ALCS preview. But the Mariners series, it's just, it sucks because the Rays always go to Seattle and, and, and lose. And so I try not to get, like, too bogged down. And when I had Bree on, we talked about it because Bree was on in the middle of the win streak. And we said, like, there's going to be losing streaks ahead. Like, there, like there's, this isn't going to be like this the whole season. Yeah. But what's kind of your, before the Wander call up, obviously, which changes yeah. your mood. But what has your mood been throughout this weekend watching them lose, sometimes in painstaking fashion, uh, to yeah. the very mediocre Seattle Mariners? Well, A, I got a feel for Seattle because, I mean, I mean, the Mariners haven't, I mean, there's all the stuff about, you know, Mariners haven't made the postseason 20 years, haven't yeah. made a World Series, all that stuff. So that's already that's already pain in itself. Um, but watching this series and especially coming off of what happened in the White Sox series, obviously there was the glass now injury. And then there was the interview after the glass now injury. And then all of the stuff that's happened since then with, you know, sticky substances and baseballs and just wild stuff there. Um, and then the aftermath of that with the two game losing streak after the White Sox series and that, you know, they showed fight in that last game. Um, I kind of thought they were out of it. And they came back. Um, they were able to game. make it a game. It was a great game. It was a fantastic game. Um, 
I got to give credit to Brett Phillips uh, in that uh, in the ace inning for. I, I think he was the one who came around to score right from first base on the double, if I'm not yes, mistaken. On, on the Margot double, yeah, yeah, that was that was heads up base running from him, and obviously it tied the game. Uh, they didn't get um, lucky in the ninth inning, and then in the um, and then it extras to lose, and then the Seattle series, which I, I think the thing that makes it worse for us as as East Coast people is that the games start at 10 and they don't end until like one 30 in the morning. So there's me trying to tweet about this game and then Fairbanks, unfortunately blowing two straight games. And one of them, I'm like, it's like one 30 in the morning. Why did I sit through this entire thing just to watch this happen like this? And I mean, like I was going to, I was going to follow the game and watch it regardless, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, I'm literally about to fall asleep right now. And then they lose, and it's it was kind of deflating in that sense. And obviously, today's game was deflating with the with the grand slam and um, the questionable ball uh, that was called in. I, I forget who uh, which guy was up, but oh, it was yeah. a questionable call there. Um, uh, it wasn't I, questionable. <laughs> it was a bad call. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, questionable wasn't. It was a bad call. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, umpiring across the board has been terrible. But yeah, oh my god. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't know they were that bad in Seattle. Um, and then I found out how bad they were in Seattle. And I was like, I mean, should we have expected this to start? Uh, I, I think that going into that first game when they got that big lead and then Hill looked pretty good on the mound and obviously gave up the runs and ended up – that lead kind of went by the wayside. I was way more optimistic. And then as the series went on, I was just like, oh, God, it's getting worse. Seattle's going to find a way to win because – baseball like like it's gonna happen regardless and then obviously you know the loss today and now six game losing streak there's a group of american league teams and i think we forgot as rays fans what it was like to see the rays especially go on the road to play those teams it's the kansas city royals the seattle mariners the texas rangers the tigers uh cleveland you could throw in that category even though they've been very competitive in recent years and had some exciting names but it's like you just like you just know there's gonna be some crap that happens in those series that is going to drive you up a wall. It's like last year, every series felt like it meant a bunch unless you're playing the Orioles, even though even they swept us last year. Uh, but it was like a 60 game season. You were playing big name teams in your division and in the NL East, like every series felt big. And it's like, Oh, we have to play four games on the West coast against the Mariners. Like yeah. it's hard to get up for those games. I too, the game that Fairbanks blew the ninth. Uh, I, yeah, I had a 10 o'clock cup of coffee uh, and it's, yeah, it was, it's just disappointing. And again, like a lot of these losses, like some of them were fluky. Some of them, you know, maybe Rich Hill gets pulled a batter earlier. Like you win that game. You know, it's like, it's, it's not like the baseball was terrible throughout the whole series. Bullpen, maybe a little worrisome, but not to the point yeah. where like, definitely not in panic mode. And then like today's game, like you said, the, the, stri- uh, the strike call that wasn't with um, uh, Diego Castillo on the mound it, it it was, I don't know. It, you know, I just, I couldn't, I didn't even have the energy to be upset at that point. It, it felt yeah. clear that we were going to lose that game. Even after that call, Castillo couldn't find the strike zone. Well, well I did want to ask you, um, did you like the fact that they didn't play small ball in the 10th or do, like, do you want that? Do you want the race to play small ball with this new extra innings rule? Or do you want, just want them to go at it as is? If, if you're the away team, you've got to try to score two runs in the in the top of the tenth. So bunting over the runner to third, unless there's some sort of shift and you've got a guy that can beat it out and try to get yourself runners on the corners and no outs, 
it's it, it really is pointless to try to score uh, one run in the tenth because then you're just giving it over to the other to the home team who can score one to tie it and another one to win it. So I, I think you've you've got to just hit unless again you got a situation where you really think you've got maybe like a Brett Phillips that can beat it out um, or a, or a Joey Wendell maybe. Uh, but no, they. I don't know. You, you, if you're the home team like the Mariners did uh, successfully, yeah. and you've only got to score the one run, and it's already at second base, yeah, it's worth bunting over. Uh, but the away team, you just got to play it out. And it, it, again, it's like a, even though it feels like the Rays are losing all of these extra inning games, especially when they're on the road, it's still a pretty small sample size. You know, it's like it's still only been a handful of games. Yeah. And they just haven't hit in them. Uh, they'll score like eight runs in the first nine innings, and then. Uh, you know, just can't hit in the 10th. Well, it's fine. I'm not worried about those. Overall, I think what I'm taking away from this week is the fight this team had, like you said, in the series against Chicago in that last game. Brandon Lau hitting a huge home run down down to the last out um, on Saturday night. Like, that was a big-time yeah. hit from a guy who's struggled at some points this season but's come up with some big home runs. I think he's definitely rebounded in a way over these last I, – I would say, like, over the last week or so. Now, obviously, him rebounding is not, like – that's not like him hitting 300 now. Like he's still hitting around the Mendoza line, but even him just looking more consistent at the plate, I think is more beneficial for this team down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when the pop is, is where it's at. Like he doesn't need to 2020. I don't want to call it an anomaly for Brandon Lau. Cause I do think that is like his peak, but he's not going to be doing that every single season uh, throughout the entire season. But if he, if he mm-hmm. has those home runs in him, I think, um, he'll be just fine. He's a, obviously a very valuable player for the Rays. Yep. Uh, for the time being. <laughs> yeah, for the time. It's all for the time being. It's just, <laughs> it's the go-to phrase. He's definitely going to be traded by the time I release this uh, tomorrow morning. <laughs> I swear to, I swear to God, if he gets traded, I'm going to start crying because I was like, because the one thing that freaked me out was I don't know if you remember when they changed the bobblehead stuff and like yeah. the loud bobblehead. I was like, <laughs> I swear to God, if this guy gets traded, I'm going to lose it. And then I find out that it was a. I find out that it was a manufacturing thing. And I actually thought it was funny because like, we were kind of like the account that like made, yeah, made it a thing. And then top get tweeted about, and I was like, oh, we made top get tweeted about something. Let's go. <laughs> but yeah, th- yeah, that turned into nothing. Um, but I don't know. That would be a, that'd be a really shitty way to say that someone was traded. <laughs> if you're just pulling his bobblehead. So that's we'll, what uh, I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, no, apparently it was just a shipping issue, but, uh, yeah, he could be traded. Probably will be now that we're talking about it. Because uh, there still does need to be a 40-man move. So, who knows? That's true. That's a good point. Let's talk about Michael Walker. Uh, um, he struggled recently. He's been so interesting as a pitcher. Because, obviously, we saw his peak. And his peak was in New York at the start of the season. Him throwing, what was it, six scoreless innings? Holding, yeah. holding the Yankees' bats in check. I mean, that was a, that was a very impressive outing. And... He like he still has that in him. He he's still like he still has shades of what he was a couple years back on the Cardinals when he was a when he was an all star caliber pitcher when he was probably a number two even maybe even a number one guy. But like it's just that's so inconsistent now, and I think that the Rays were hoping that it would be just a little bit more consistent in terms of the production that he had, and I still think that he can. That, that he can give something that's that's positive to this rotation. But I, I think what maybe what this team was hoping, and maybe this team was hoping for kind of what he's done so far. But 
I mean, they were taking a flyer on him. They were taking a risk on him. And it's kind of been, I feel like, honestly, through the, through the good and the bad, it's been what we've expected like like yeah. like what like what we what we should have expected to start because he's had sign he's had good flashes and he's had bad flashes and the good has been good and the bad has been bad so you know it's kind of been like that I I, I would say that's probably the best way to describe it yeah I, I think Patino is going to be up at some point soon and maybe you tandem Patino and Waka where they're giving I hope he's up soon a combined six or seven innings like I like I think I think that could be the type of role he pitches in in terms of like multi inning relievers. Colin McHugh's already got that role down on lock, and he's been great. Uh, what he's a been great fantastic since he got injured. All yeah. he needed to do was get injured, and then he turned into an absolute just fantastic pitcher. I've been – I was so out on him, and then as soon as he came back from injury, he just became, you know, virtually unhittable. Or, I mean, the closest yeah. thing to unhittable that, that you can see. And I've been so impressed. I'm so happy that he's pitching as well as he is. And, and, and so maybe, like, I, I know they already sent Rasmussen down, so I don't expect another move to be made from the active roster unless there is a trade. Um, yeah. but it, you know, you might get Waka DFA'd at some point in the next month or so. Like, uh, I, I think you got to try to milk him for as many innings and just... Well, do you I, think that's going to happen? Do you, do you think he's going to get DFA'd? No, not not now. But if, if he's still struggling and you get to a point where... You either need to bring someone else in on the 40-man or make a trade where you're bringing in multiple players. He could be that guy on the chopping block, but you've still got a number of other relievers that can be let go. Ryan Sheriff, Sean Poppin, they got in a really small trade. Um, Lewis Head, love the guy, but he's probably not going to stick around for too long. Um, and, and then Walk is also on that list. So I mm-hmm. I don't know. Chris Mazza as well is still on the 40-man. I, I, I hope I – th- I think Waka can contribute, so – I would say uh, he's got to not earn his spot, but if he continues to go downhill, he could be on the chopping block because he, he won't have any trade value. I don't think it would, it would definitely be a DFA and then maybe somebody puts a waiver claim on him. Yeah. Um, but I'm not but, expecting but, much out of it from that. I mean, like his value, I, I his value is probably the highest that it's been in a while. And like, that's still extremely low. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. All right, I've got to ask you, who's on your all-star? Who, what Rays are on your all-star ballot? Uh, uh, well, right now, um, I like Zunino on it. I know, obviously, Salvador Perez has looked really, really good um, from the catching position. But, I mean, Zunino has been – this has been his best season by far on the Rays. I didn't expect this at all, and I've been really happy um, that he's been producing as much as he has. I know um, Andrea put out a thing like earlier in the season about like how he's, how he switched his, his batting stance kind of over the last three years. And honestly, I think it's helped. I think it's helped in a big way. And I think that he's just, he's been a better, he's been a better hitter overall. And he's not, he's not going to hit for average. Cause I mean, his best season hitting for, hitting for average was like two fifty. So, yeah. I mean, if they could get that back, that would be incredible, but him doing what he's, what, what he's done so far, I've been very, very happy about that. I want to put in Meadows, but I can't because there's so many other guys that are so much better or I'm so much better as in like, there are just guys that have been more incredible than he's been at the DH position, notably Shohei Otani. And to not put Shohei Otani in the all-star game is basically like a crime against humanity because that man is incredible. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that would be of note. Like I was, Thinking Randy maybe Lau. Yeah, Randy. we have Randy's up there for sure. 
Randy's looks really good, but I mean, I mean also the, the dark horse would be Joey Wendell, but it's not going to happen. Um, I think he's Joey, Joey's not Joey. He, he's not going to get the the support. But I, I think he's listed as a shortstop. I don't think Randy is going to get a. He he might make the team, um, but definitely not definitely not enough to to start. I think I think Zanino's got the best chance to start, but even that is is unlikely. Uh, like you said, Salvador Perez. Not only is he playing great, even though I think Zanino's been better, uh, he's going to get the name recognition. Um, and, and he's going to get the votes, I think, more so than Mike Zanino, uh, which is sad. You know, I, it's also crazy that, like, who was the guy from, like, the Astros who's ahead of him? And, and like, Kurt Suzuki's ahead of him, and he's played in, like, 30 games this year. Oh, was it Martin like, Maldonado? How was that? Yeah, how were both of those guys ahead of him in any way? Like, I understand Yasmani Grandal, even though he's hitting, like, 120, um, and he's walking, like, every third plate appearance. But, like... Yasmani Grandal's slash line is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It's everything I wanted to be. It's so stupid. It's so (laughs) dumb. (laughs) It's like Chris Davis, but, like, if Chris Davis figured out how to walk more. Oh, I love it. It's kind of the best way to describe it. That is a, a good defensive catcher. Uh, that can frame pitches and throw guys out uh, and draw a bunch of walks. Uh, that's like, in my opinion, the, the perfect baseball player. And I wish the Rays would have gotten Grandal. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Sorry, sorry, sorry to cut you off, Bo, but what, what were you saying before that? Uh, I was just saying I was going to quote Tommy Pham and say that the all-star starters should just be determined based on WRC+, which I think, I, I haven't checked in a while, uh, Zanino would still be towards the top of that list. Uh, okay. Catcher WRC+, uh, maybe Salvi is up there. I, I honestly have no clue. Um, but yeah, I, I wish Zanino's probably going to make the team and w- the race Ray, fans have to remember, like Kevin Cash is the manager, so he's going to get to, I don't know exactly how more strings, <laughs> but the man, the manager does get like a huge say in the bench, if not like the final say, like, I know there's like the extra voting and they're doing things a little differently. Um, mm-hmm. but I expect Mike Zanino to be on the all-star team. Um, I, I, I don't know about like pitchers. Maybe I, I have no clue how it's going to work, but we'll definitely see a couple of Meadows probably as well. Who knows? Maybe Meadows home run derby. I doubt it. But if, if some of these other guys decline, a, do you think so? Otani's already said yes, which is yeah. fantastic. Um, Vlad's done it before. Uh, I don't know what he's going to say, but do you think that, um, who is it? Vlad, Tatis, Soto and Acuna, if any four of them are going to go in. I I think Vlad will do it. I think the the story uh, at least the, that might be wishful thinking. At least the storyline between him and Otani, who are going to be racing for the American League MVP, having this midsummer face off in the home run derby would be just incredible, in my opinion. Especially if that they would be matched so cool. up in, in, in the bracket. Um, but I don't know. It's really just up to those guys. Soto might pass. I know he's like not putting up the his best numbers right now. Acuna is. He's doing incredible. I think he'd be. Oh, I don't know why I put Soto on there. I was gonna say no. Yeah, well, no, Soto could definitely do it. Still, he could definitely <laughs> still do it. But I, I just don't know if he would. Uh, that's what yeah, I'm saying. You in need, terms you need of like big guys. stack guys, you need yeah. eight guys. But and and I know uh, John Ford at D-Rays Bay is is gonna uh, make sure that I say Mike Zanino in the home run derby. Like that's another guy in terms of power. He's got more pure power that would be than so cool. a lot of guys in Major League Baseball. Imagine like him and Matt Olson, him and Matt Olson in the home run derby. Oh, that would be awesome. He's not going to be the first name that, Mike's, that Major League Baseball asks. But, again, if you get to a point where a lot of these guys don't want to do it, hey, Mike Zanino's already here in Colorado. He's going to be like Mark Trumbo. He's going to be like what yeah. Trumbo was. When he when Trumbo was in Kansas City and he, and he hit that home run on the top of the Royals Hall of Fame and everyone was like, holy crap, who the hell is this man? That's going to be Zunino if he gets chosen because it's in Colorado and Zunino's a righty and no one's hit the scoreboard 
at Coors Field ever. And that, or I, I feel like it's, I feel like it's never been hit, even though it's come close and obviously guys have hit on the concourse. Like he could hit the scoreboard. I don't know if Zanino's got the, uh, the ability to hit like a bunch of home runs and win the home run derby, but he could definitely hit the longest home run out of all these oh, guys. Oh, he could hit the longest one. Him or Vladdy or, or Shohei would be like, if they're all three in it, like they'll hit the longest ones. Olsen could probably get one, you know, close to five. Someone's going to hit 500 feet this year. Oh, that's, that's do you game. think, do you think that Shohei could clear the left field bleachers? Do you think he could clear it entirely? Because someone mm-hmm. like guys have hit it up to the upper deck, but no one's ever cleared it in left field. or right I feel field? like he, a right field, which is, which, which he would be clear. crazy if it happened. He could, he could clear he could it. Do. Yeah, definitely. We're going to see some crazy stuff, which is like, honestly, what the All-Star game and the Home Run Derby should be all about. Uh, and so it's exciting. Uh, hopefully all these guys do it. Like, hopefully Vlad does it. Hopefully Zanino gets offered the chance to do it. I think he would take that it. That would be so um, cool if he got offered. That'd be so cool. We'll, we'll see. It'll be fun. And uh, yeah, keep voting for, for as many Rays as you want. Five times a day. Or make a second Vote email account. Vote ten times a day. Do whatever yeah. you want. Or, <laughs> yeah, or just like use, work, use like but... all of your emails. Use like all of the emails that you have to vote race. <laughs> you know, it's probably not going to make a difference. There's probably not going to be a raise starter, um, but get get some guys uh, at least into phase two of voting if possible. Because I know they're doing it a little differently this year. But yeah, Alex, any other any other uh, final thoughts on the Wander call up or the or the state of the team right now? Are are you over the the, the losing streak now? Like that Wander is called up. Oh, oh, immediately. Like, like as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, wait, we lost six games in a row? What? This is crazy. I was <laughs> so just, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. I'm still in shock about it. I did want to ask you something about, do you have, like, how did you feel about Glassnell's press conference on Tuesday? Oh, yeah. How, how, did you feel, how did you feel about what he said? Because I know that we did like a thing about that. And then obviously there have been videos of like Peter Moylan who now works for, I mean, he does a podcast with John Boy Media, but he works for the Braves thing. He showed um, a video about that. And obviously a bunch of other guys have come out about the sticky substances and all of that. And it's just really interesting to hear what he said about everything, because I know a lot of people would think like, Oh, he's complaining about it, but he's got, I mean, he has valid points to it. He, I, I, I personally think he's got valid points. He does. And I think a lot of people, the people that did take issue with what he said, uh, oh, he's, you know, he's complaining that they're not letting him cheat anymore. This was not, this is different than steroids. This is different than any other, you know, sign stealing scandal. This was a league wide thing. And Glassnow said he didn't say he was using spider tack. It wouldn't shock me if he's tried it at some point, uh, but he said he was using sunscreen and rosin, which was like a league wide thing. So much so, like, you have to think. This rule, the only way to enforce this rule is if the opposing team tells the umpire to go check on the, that, the, the opposing team's pitcher. Yeah. And, like, they're not going to do that because their guys are doing the same thing. It's, it, it, it was a league-wide thing where it was the sunscreen and rosin, at least, wasn't to get a competitive advantage. It was to literally be able to grip the ball. Um, and so Tyler Glass now, in Major League Baseball, is fully aware of this, which makes this decision to crack down on rules that already existed but they willingly did not enforce – um, for quite a while to do that midseason is a slap in the face to the players. And it's something that if they wanted to handle and glass now said this, do it in the off season, not mm-hmm. after pitchers have thrown 80 plus innings already this year. And then have to, you know, start doing something completely different midseason. I yeah. hope you don't see more injuries, but I will say 
This is the second time in as many years that we've seen a Rays pitcher come out and be the voice for the players. You saw Blake Snell do it last year uh, in the middle of COVID, trying to figure out you know, the when there was this, this labor dispute between Major League Baseball and the Players Union over pay in the shortened season. Blake Snell came out and publicly just voiced all of his opinions and at, before any other players really had, and all these other players came out in support of him. Uh, including Bryce Harper, I think was the biggest name. Um, mm-hmm. Glass now, I think, is a, doing a very similar move. He is the Rays player rep. I think this was a very calculated decision for him out him to come out and say the things that he did. I think it's good for the players that he came out and said it. And I think all of this is really bad news for the CBA negotiations that are still looming over Major League Baseball. Like talking about this entire thing. I didn't realize how sticky spider tech was until like literally everyone has like shown photos of them putting spider tech on baseballs. And obviously it's been a more egregious amount, but like the fact that it just sticks like that is insane. Um, it's, it's, it blows my mind how that can be combined with anything and anyone would do that. Cause that just seems extremely stupid. I remember I listened to um, Sesame Swimming Barbecue. They have a podcast on the Ringer Network. They mm-hmm. said that I think they said either like the week after the the first announcement on on June fourth. I think they said like sixty seven percent of pitchers their spin rates dropped, which means that by default that that probably means that at least two thirds of the pitchers in baseball have been using some sort of substance, whatever you know, r- regardless of what that was, and that number is probably higher. Um, and it's just, it's insane to think that like major league baseball is deciding now this is a problem considering so many guys are using stuff. I mean, it's just like, like, and and this is like, guys have been using stuff forever, sandpaper, Vaseline. Um, I mean, like it's insane the amount of stuff that guys have used on baseballs. And now it's because guys are, cause like a couple of guys are using stupid things that just shouldn't exist. They're now banning everything instead of the things that should just be cracked down. Like get rid of spider tack, get rid of all those like homemade substances and crap like that. Sunscreen and rosin, the baseballs are rubbed with a mud and they're not like, they're not all rubbed the same. There's no system that they use in order to rub the baseballs with the mud the same. And it gets chalky after a while because I mean, mud does help for grip, but then after a while, the mud hardens up and then the baseball just becomes more chalky and slippery. So if you put some sort of a substance on it to make it at least a little bit more grippable than mud, then the problem goes away. Like maybe if you use some sort of a sunscreen and rosin mixture on the baseball, that would help in a big way. But they've just decided against that and are just continuing to push whatever they're pushing now. And it's I'm afraid that that more guys are going to get hurt. I really hope it doesn't happen. I know Glaston was the first guy, and there have been a couple of guys that have gone out with like shoulder problems and all that stuff. But with that being said, there's no way to confirm that this is what caused Glaston. Yeah, injury. yeah, no, I, I don't think it's a hundred percent. Like, like there's no way that 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 that, that was a hundred percent of the problem. I do think it caused. I do think it partially caused it. Just because, I mean, it makes sense that if a guy has to grip a baseball differently in the middle of a season and has to use more muscles in his body in order to do that, something's going to give. And sometimes when something gives, the wrong thing gives. So I can see that. Um, I mean, there, there's probably other contributing factors to it because Glassnell's had arm problems in the past. So it probably has something to do with it. But, I mean, who knows at this point? It's just, it's just crazy that all this stuff – like, literally in the last week – We've had Glass now get hurt, 
the Rays six game losing streak. Wander just got called up. The, this league wide memo for Major League Baseball, like everything, like it's popping off. It's crazy. It has been an eventful regular season in a lot of good ways, but a lot of a lot of bad ways too. So I think yeah, it's just it's frustrating because major league baseball knew this was going on. This is it. They, they chose to, to do this crackdown when they did so. And yeah, if you wanted to get this out of the game, like the, obviously it was because they were concerned about offensive numbers being lower this year. Yeah. But yeah. You dead into the baseball. Like that was a decision you made going into the year. <laughs> there have been like, like five oh, no, different offensive baseballs. numbers are down. Like what I, it's, it's been, and they were still using the juice ball in AAA, so you got guys like Vidal Brujan on pace for 40 home runs at AAA. <laughs> um, and Josh Lowe going off and Wander yeah. going off too. I mean, <laughs> But I don't know. I don't want to go into this huge like rant about, about Manfred because I think every sports fan hates their commissioner for the sport that they like to watch. Um, so yeah. I won't go on a rant about that. But it's it, this has been frustrating. I think Glassnow was right to voice his frustration. I can understand why people – um, might take issue with what he said. It's like, well, yeah, you weren't allowed to do that anyways. So, like, you can't really come out and complain now. I get it. I think, uh, though, that this was a calculated effort by Major League Baseball, and it's only going to make things going into the CBA negotiations a lot trickier. So, anyways, we'll end on another high note, another reminder that Wander Franco is yes. up in the big leagues. So. That's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. Wander's going to be up. We're going to get to watch Wander play. We're still, I think we're still in awe by what he's done so far in his career. And I mean, my goodness, this is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, Alex, uh, thank you for, for coming on. It was a last minute thing, but of course the Wander news came out. I was like, all right, we got to record something tonight. Yeah, of course. Of course. And where can people find you on Twitter, on the internet and, and talk a little bit about uh, raise the roof and race colored glasses. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So, um, I helped start this thing uh, last, I think it was last August with a couple of my friends. Uh, we called it Raise the Roof, which is a great name. I'm still like, I'm still so happy about that name choice because it just rolls off the tongue so great. Um, and it's a podcast where we just started talking about the Rays, um, I guess, kind of from more like a fan's perspective of things. Uh, and it's grown a lot more. We've added more people onto the podcast. We've added, uh, we added Bree onto the podcast who you talked about having on. Um, for a previous thing, a raise of voice. If you guys don't follow Brie, you should. She's fantastic. Um, and so we've grown that. And now we have a website going on. We have a YouTube channel. We Our, our Twitch situation, we're trying to work that out. Uh, we have a pretty big social media base. Um, we're on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And we need to get our TikTok going up again. Uh, so, yeah, that's been fantastic. I've loved every part of it. I, I mean, obviously, I met you, everyone at D-Race Bay. It's been fantastic meeting everyone in the race community and and outside baseball community. It's been great, the support that we've gotten for it. So if, if you guys don't follow us there, it's Raise the Roof TV uh, on all of our social media accounts. Just uh, Twitter and Instagram are kind of the two big ones right now. So make sure to follow us there. And our podcast, Raise the Roof, uh, I think we're going to do one tomorrow. So we're recording this on a Sunday um, I don't know if you know, do you know the We Got Ice guys? Have you ever heard of them, their podcast? I have not. Oh, well, they um, they have a podcast going on um, and they have a, a TikTok as well that's kind of blown up. I think they have like 150, 160,000 followers on TikTok. So we're going to have them on because they're Red Sox fans. So we're going to have them on to talk about the Red Sox series. Wow. And now we have more to talk about because Glass now, the, the Glass now situation um, and the Wander situation now, which is going to be wild. So uh, stay tuned for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. 
Um, and I'm trying to think. Rays Colored Glasses is um, the fan-sided Rays website, and me and Casey Kurtz are the two guys that are doing stuff for that. Um, I actually just put out an, an article about kind of the glass nut situation, um, sticky, sticky substances situation, the possible ramifications, future ramifications, ramifications for Major League Baseball. So you guys can find that there. I think it's Rays C-O-L-O Glasses on Twitter. Um, and then for me, uh, I'm Alex underscore Murphy, Jor, J-O-U-R uh, on Twitter. Uh, so feel free to follow me there. Um, and I'm going to be posting stuff about my articles and posting stuff about the Rays, too much stuff about other teams that I like, which you don't need to care about Maryland lacrosse and, and the, and the Sixers and other sports that I care about that don't matter. But, uh, guys don't worry. I'm, I'm the same way (laughs) tweeting about Chelsea and the, and the Tampa Bay Rowdies. So I'm sure I've pissed a lot of people off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people do not care about me talking about Maryland. I hope they care about me talking about Maryland baseball because like Brandon Lau's a Terp and like Maryland got the regionals against East Carolina or regional final against East Carolina, which was awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. Feel free to follow me on on any of the things, and make sure to um, follow Raise the Roof on all of our all of our social media platforms and our podcast. Yes, make sure to go and do that. Check out Raise the Roof if you haven't already. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Raise Your Voice. Thank you guys for listening. As always, make sure to head on over to dRaiseBay.com to check out all of the great Raise coverage, as well as Raise the Roof and Raise Colored Glasses. Once again, thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.